Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. And good afternoon. Welcome to the Retirement Clinic, WISN Milwaukee, WIBA Madison, the Retirement Clinic every Saturday at 10 o'clock on this 4th of July weekend, hosted by Aaron Spitzner and Marie McFarland from the Cobalt Investment Group, the Retirement Specialist. How's that? Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see both yeah. of you. Both of you have hosted the show. We hear your voices Monday through Friday. Market updates are done several times a day on WISN and WIBA in Madison. So we're familiar with your voices, thekowalway.com. For more information on all the locations, Waukesha, Port Washington, Phoenix, Arizona, and the Racine address is right at Highway 20, and it's right off the freeway, and I believe Aaron Spitzner, that's where you're That's correct. Yep. Tuesday through Friday, I'll be down there. Uh, But normally Monday through Friday. No, Tuesday through Friday. Oh, it's always Tuesday. It's always Tuesday (laughs) through Friday. Monday, I'm up in Waukesha. But this Monday, as you're alluding to here, is we have off an observation of the Independence holiday. Right. So markets will be closed. Markets will be closed. You had me. Okay. Well, regardless. And Marie, are you in the, uh, I guess, the world headquarters in Waukesha? Yes, I'm in the world headquarters, Waukesha, Monday through Friday. (laughs) And of course, Jeff Kowal, um, the president of the Kowal Investment Group hosts this show every Saturday. We take calls, we take questions, we send you to thekowalway.com, but more importantly, we talk about you and your retirement every week. To do that, and I guess, Aaron, you're going to kick things off today. Yeah, and I got a really fun topic to uh, to kick kick things off here. Um, we, we recently celebrated a very important day on July 1st, and that was Bobby Bonilla Day. Paul, are you familiar with Bobby Bonilla and not, why we celebrated Bobby Bonilla Day? Not one clue. No, I, I will be honest. I, I, you know, <laughs> there wasn't a big party or a big event that went on. Uh, but Bobby Bonilla Day is celebrated on the first of July every year since 2011. Um, and for those of you who don't know who Bobby Bonilla is, ninety nine percent of the audience. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe not though. We'll find so, out in a little so bit. So he, he was. He, he played for the New York Mets. He played for a couple teams, but he, he basically, at the end of his career in baseball, he played for the New York Mets. Uh, he's a six-time all, All-Star, World Series champion, and he's actually one of the greatest switch hitters of all time. I should know this. Yeah, you should now know Now that this. you say that. I'm, I'm a little disappointed, uh, <laughs> but we'll continue on. Well, it's not like Babe Ruth, or he's not at that level. That's true, but, yeah. but, Bobby, Bo- <laughs> but Bobby Bonilla Day is very important, and it's, it has an important... Uh, role in, in finance as well, in personal finance. Uh, so the, the backstory on why we celebrate Bobby Bonilla Day may celebrate. If you're a Mets fan, you might not be celebrating uh, Bobby Bonilla Day. And here's the reason why. Um, so he doesn't play baseball anymore. He actually, at the, at the end of his career, he was playing for the New York Mets. And um, he had a fallout or something like that with with management. And he was owed about $5.9 million for the rest of the season, okay? Which is a pretty good sum of money in 1999. It's a good sum of money right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was owed $5.9 million. And the Mets ownership and Bobby Bonilla came to this agreement, okay, where they weren't going to give him that money in a lump sum. Um, they were going to defer that compensation to begin in the year 2011. Mm-hmm. So from the year 2011... To 2035, he is paid $1.2 million on July 1st of every year. Again. Wow. July 1st of 2011. That's why it's significant. To 2035, he gets paid $1.2 million. And he was owed $5.9 million when he quit playing. 
So do the math. That's $30 million he's going to be collecting over those 25 years, but he was only owed 5.9 when he left the Mets in 1999. Well, That's why impressive. did they? Very impressive for him, if you're yes. him, right? Yeah. So I just Googled him now, and I feel a little silly. I recognize his face. And yeah. The Mets uniform, you're right. He is a famous yeah. baseball player. Yeah, so the, you know, why did the Mets do this? Okay, so if you're a Mets fan right now, you, most people criticize ownership for this, right? Because he's making more during this year. He's not even playing baseball. He's retired from baseball, and he's making more than some active players on their roster. But... But the, I think I know where you're going with The this. reason they decided to do this, right, it's it's compound interest, right? So if they invest that $5.9 million, they can grow that money. Uh, I think the long-term average over time, the stock market uh, makes something like 9% um, per year. So they're thinking, hey, if we invest this money, this $5.9 million, and we can grow this money, we can then pay Bobby Bonilla his $1.2 million a year. Which at the time probably seemed like a lot. Now it's nothing in Major League Baseball. Right. Yeah. But and they that's can, the whole point, right? And they can pay him this every year and still have a pile of money. Mm-hmm. You know, So they're drawing income from this sum of money, and they're still growing it in the markets. And for Bobby Bonilla, this is great because he's not recognizing that income in 1999. He's deferring that compensation to later years and making that money over – from 2011 to 2035 when his income is lower. Like a lot of executives or highly paid um, employees do at businesses is they'll try to arrange a deferred compensation plan for the same reason. So it's a win-win for both. Only if he lives, right, that to a normal life. Like if he were to pass away, God forbid, next year, then he wouldn't get as much of that money has he taken a lump sum? Yeah, I'd imagine in that contract, though, there may be some sort of survivor benefit where you know his spouse or kids be, would, right? would you know, receive some of that money. But, but here's where things went wrong for the Mets. Um, in 1990, and this is, there is some speculation here, and I think this was reported on, um, but we know how that goes. Sometimes when things are reported on, they may not be factual either. Uh, but there are some rumors out there, so I'll say that, that the Mets' ownership at the time had very close ties with Bernie Madoff. So if we all remember Bernie Madoff, the Ponzi scheme, you know, put in jail. So and maybe they really didn't have the money. Well, the thought process was Bernie Madoff promised them, right, that he oh. could make this guaranteed rate of return, whatever it may be. They're thinking, hey, we can take this 5.9 and we can grow it with his his hedge funds, which we now know mm-hmm. is a Ponzi scheme. A Ponzi scheme, exactly right. Yeah, so so it ends up, right, so they, they had this great idea where they're going to have compound interest, their money's going to grow over time. So the the good thing they had going there got blown up when they invested with the wrong person. Aren't the Mets bad every year? I think historically they tend to screw things up. Over time. Yeah, it's kind of like that feeling as, as Wisconsin sports fans that we've had recently. Uh, where it's kind of like winning the Bre- teams. The Brewers right? get so far, right? Yeah. Game seven against the Dodgers, and we didn't get it done. The Packers got so close, Two years but in we a couldn't row. get it done against Tampa <laughs> Bay. You know, the Badgers. How many times have we had these promising football seasons? We Always. just couldn't. But now I'm gonna hold. I'm not gonna say anything about the Bucks because no God, are- don't curse this. <laughs> <laughs> As of right now, everything's going pretty good for both the Brewers and the Bucks. But I know what you're saying. And back to the Bobby, is it? Bonilla? Bobby Bonilla. Yep. Bobby Bonilla Day. Why the Mets paying $1.19 million every July 1st. And again, that's the years through what? 35? 2035. So over 2035. time, again, he, 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 you know, 
$30 million that he'll make on the original promise of $5.9 million. And he was a player. I think his career ended in 2001. That gives you some perspective. He played a total of 16 seasons in baseball. So, uh, But this is rare. That's rare in baseball to do that to a player. Yeah, it, it's rare. And I also think it's, you know, we're seeing, you know, everybody knows the stories where guys get paid these big lump sums of money and they, and they blow it and they go bankrupt. Signing bonus. Um, yeah, or, or, you know. Or they'll have gambling issues. I think Charles Barkley he talks about his his gambling and Michael Jordan's been very open in yeah. the entire documentary about him exposed all that. Yeah, so it it's rare that somebody makes a you know this this financial move that works out in their best interest, right? Uh, the player uh-huh. you know does better than the actual organization. Now, if we bring this back to finance finances, yep, this shows the power of as you said before, m- m- compound interest more than anything well, else, Aaron. And that was the original thought for the Mets organization: is that hey, we, if we invest this five point nine million dollars uh, over the course of the next um, eleven, twelve years, right, we should have this big sum of money. More than what we will ultimately end up owing Bobby Bonilla. Right, a million dollars today again, and compared they're gonna, to '96 and mm-hmm. 2001. And they're going to be in a lot better, you know, situation. And they can also have that extra cash flow in that year to sign another player, whatever it may be. Um, and then for Bobby Bonilla, he doesn't have to pay the tax on that 5.9. He can defer that and spread that out over right 15, yeah. 20, 25 years. Um, but again. So that's the lesson is, hey, the, the mind was in the right spot, but then they invested with the wrong person um, who ended up being a crook, right? A, uh, ran a Ponzi scheme Adolf, and yeah. defrauded a, a lot of people of millions and well, millions of dollars. This is a perfect topic for a holiday weekend like today, the 3rd of July, that kind of lighthearted, but also you're making a point with this and you educated thousands of listeners. Marie, you did not know about Bobby Bonilla. I did not. I don't feel so bad. Well, so now we all know July 1st, right? Right right ahead of the July 4th Independence holiday yeah. is we celebrate Bobby Bonilla Day uh, because of his uh, you know, financial wisdom and well, he, because of his great athletic abilities. Right. He's he's alive, we should mention today. He's yes. right. So he gets a he's a happy guy. Yeah. yeah. It's like a nice pension plan. Yeah, and that that's the other way to think about too is is there are a lot of people that experience the whole, hey, I have a pension from my employer, right? And I don't know if I should take that monthly income stream or take that lump or take the lump sum. Um and that's one of the areas that we help out a lot of our clients is, you know, when they come to us, they say, Hey, I'm I'm offered this pension. Uh, should I take the lump sum or should I take that monthly income stream? The Retirement Clinic today hosted by Aaron Spitzner and Marie McFarland from the Kowal Investment Group. A lot coming up in the program on this 3rd of July with Aaron Kowal joining us for his boss minute. Marie, you've got something in this next segment coming up. Yes, I do. It's an exciting topic. Well, you can tease. you got to give us a little bit of info um, without giving just, it away. Okay. It's exciting topic about taxes. Tax. <laughs> you're going to make taxes exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. You got little nuggets of information <laughs> yeah. for us. As you know, the best way to get in touch with you guys, we mentioned your great website, the Kowal Way, K O W A L, the Kowalway.com, or call this number, 262 522 uh, We should mention all of your social media sites. And yeah, Maria, that yeah, we have all face- of them. Uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. 
And then, of course, our retirement clinics on Spotify and podcasts now, too. That's right. Yeah, kind of our competition in iHeart here. I, you guys are, you crossed to the dark side. <laughs> I have no idea. I did not know that. I'm joking. <laughs> Jeff and I had a conversation. What do I listen to more? I have to say my iHeart app, right? And I guess Spotify is a close second. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I love Spotify. And it's a recent thing that the retirement clinic has been uh, put to that podcast. So uh, it's on the it's on the uh, Spotify app as well. And again, the Kowalway.com with a lot of great information. Okay, a quick break. Aaron Kowal, the Marie's going to hit us with some tax information on the retirement clinic. WIBA in Madison, WISN in Milwaukee. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. According to a recent investor watch report, 48% of small business owners do not have an exit strategy. That is a pretty big number, especially when you consider that 75% of small business owners plan to use the sale of their business to fund their retirement. Most small business sales take several months to even years to complete, So it should be no surprise that preparing to sell your business takes time and years of planning as well. Unfortunately, when it comes to business owners, you don't just hit a certain age and say, okay, I'm done now and ready to sell. You'll need to plan and prepare. There are several things you can do to prepare to sell your business for retirement. First, run the numbers. What is your business worth? About 58% of business owners have never had their business formally appraised, which means they really have no idea if their business will be able to fund their retirement. In some cases, you may find the sale of your business is more than enough to fund your retirement. However, you could also be in for a surprise and find the sale of your business won't be near enough to retire on. If that is the case, consider the best ways to boost your business's value, such as diversifying your customer base, building a quality management team, and ensuring your process and systems are efficient and up-to-date. Additional ways you will want to prepare your business for sale including includes cleaning up your books and records, getting rid of legal barriers, and seeking professional help to guide your exit strategy planning. If you need assistance planning and preparing your business for sale, give her, off a, give her office a call at 262-522-4040 or visit us at thecowalway.com. Everybody has a great 4th of July. Of course, the market's closed, Marie, on Monday, so no, you don't have to do your market updates here. Correct. Yes, we get a day off. <laughs> you get a day off. The markets get a day off. We don't get a day off on today's show. We are joined by Aaron Spitzner and Marie McFarland with a great show on this holiday weekend for you. Okay, we teased you about doing a segment on taxes. Yes. You're going to make it exciting. It's very exciting. Good. <laughs> I figured for the holiday, what a great topic, but to talk about taxes. (laughs) Um, So I wanted to go through the tax changes and key amounts for the 2021 tax year. So we just wrapped up 2020, and why not hit 2021 with taxes right away? But it's something to keep in mind as you continue through you know, you're planning for the year. Now, the biggest thing is with the recent pandemic relief bill that was signed into law, there are a number of provisions that you should be aware of when it comes to taxes. I'll talk about, I think I can get maybe four or five in, but there's probably 10 to 12 changes. We would need a two-hour show then. Yes. And hopefully most people will stay awake for it. (laughs) Yeah. Don't tune us out (laughs) when you hear taxes. It's It's exciting stuff. stuff. Um, And then the other changes, so 2021 changes, are the results of uh, either new rules or the annual inflation adjustments. The first one I wanted to go through was the 2021 tax bracket changes. 
Um, so there aren't any changes to the actual tax rates, but there are changes due to inflation. Um, and the inflation period was a 12-month period from September 2019 to August 2020. And um, what has happened is that the actual income bracket has widened. So for example, in 2020, if your income for married filing jointly up to 19750 was taxed at a 10% income tax rate. Now, for 2021, that married filing jointly up to 19900 is taxed at the 10% tax rate. So it's just wider. Yeah. It's small margin, but wider. So that's good news. Um, another key thing for tax changes this year is your required minimum distributions are back on for 2021. So again, you must take your RMDs, your required minimum distributions. Which was paused because of COVID? Correct. For 2020, you didn't have to. They were waived. But for 2021, as it stands now, you have to take your required minimum distributions. Again, by the 31st of December. Don't wait till the last day. But (laughs) Um, And then the other thing is to make sure if you're at least 72 years old by the end of the year, again, you're required to take required minimum distributions, RMDs. Uh, the first year I can start taking RMDs out of my 401k plan is age 59 and a half without a penalty? So that's a distribution. You can take 59 and a half um, distributions from your required or your retirement accounts. But I don't have but to. But you don't have to. I have to at age... 72. 72. Because... And that changed. That was yes. not to confuse people, but I remember yes. being seventy and a half, yeah. and I was asking Jeff, "Why is it a half? <laughs> Why do they make it so complicated?" Yeah. Well, now we're at seventy-two, so it's easy. So it's nice and easy <laughs> to remember. So by seventy-two, and because it's uh, last year was COVID, they kind of just like a lot of things. Tax day was yep. was pushed off. Remember? Yep. So you got to waive the RMDs, but again, back this year, RMDs. Um, The retirement plan contributions, so your 401k contributions, 403b and 457, they stayed the same. So the 19,500 is the max contribution for your 401k, 403b and 457. You also get the catch-up of 6,500, 450 and older. And then simple IRAs, the contribution 13,500 is the max with the catch-up of 3,000 if you're 50 50 and older. The IRA and the Roth IRA, same contribution, so 6000 plus the catch-up of 1000 if you're 50 or an older. However, for the Roth IRA um, and for the IRA, the phase-out income limits were pushed a little. I think it was a little over 2000 I think, for married filing jointly. So just know that income limits for the contributions for a Roth IRA increased a tad. As of what, the... The first of the year this year? Yep, so, so it's these, income for 2021. So all of this is 2021. As correct. And last year, whatever was, a lot of it was thrown out the window because of COVID. Right, so correct. It's good to get back to normal. It is, yes. Yeah. Um, and then the deduction phase out for IRA. So that's important. A lot of individuals think if you put into an IRA, you automatically get to deduct. But there are income thresholds for deductions of IRAs. And so the adjusted gross income for married filing jointly, where the phase-out starts where you can't deduct the IRA contribution 
is 105,000 to 125,000. So in other words, if you make over 125,000 adjusted gross income for a married filing jointly couple, um, you can no longer con deduct your IRA contribution. There's other complex things this to it, but what, simple. Well, you said there's a lot of things that you can get deep into the weeds, right? Yes. But unless you keep up with this stuff, how would one possibly know? You wouldn't. So that's why you work with Aaron Spitzner and I. <laughs> um, we keep track of all this information for you. And it's exciting stuff. I mean, you know, because it helps create a plan that's specific to you. And are you able to do a deduction to an IRA on top of contributing to your 401k? There's a lot of unique things that we can do. Generally, do they change every year, Marie, like the maximum amounts of contributions? Not typically. If they do go up, it's a slight, small amount. Um, but this year, again, the contribution limits did not go up. If you can't afford it, I know your advice. I assume your advice to clients, Marie, is to max things out. With yes, all if you plans. can, if I you would. Can. Mm -hmm. It's just like the match. If you get a company match, of course, you should take at least that much. At least. That's free money if you're not doing them. At least. And a lot of times, I think I've mentioned this before, Are I find people think the max for the contribution to the 401k is what their employer matches. So if the employer says, we match up to 6% of your compensation, sometimes I hear people like, well, my max it's 6% and no, the max is 19,500 for exactly. your 401k contribution. I'm glad that's a good clarification. Um, plus 6,500 catch up if you're over 50. Well, I'm just telling you, I'll go back to, I remember my first job, my mom and my grandfather saying, pay yourself first. And at that time, 401ks were just kind of starting. This would have been late eighties and I was offered one with a match. I took it. That's awesome. You know, I remember thinking this ah, is a big chunk of money out of my check. But once it started, you don't miss it because you get used to that check amount, yeah. right? And you get the compound interest going back to Bobby Bonilla did, yeah. right? <laughs> yes. That's what the Mets were trying to accomplish. The but they, but of, they invested with the wrong person. And not to over-dramatize <laughs> the power of saving early, but even one in two years make a huge difference when you get to be somebody. Now I'm 55, Marie. Mm -hmm. So it's worked, right? Yep. And then oh. to think you can't really touch that, technically. Yeah. Um, or so if you, you want, they really penalize you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's nice because it's forcing you. You can borrow money from your you own can. 401k. Yes, you can. And again, you are going to pay some interest. Some interest yes. on You might say it's your own money. Yeah, but you, these are the rules getting into it. Yes. Uh, but the power of your right. All of those years, Aaron, really, really help. And that's at the end of the day, when you talk about retirement planning, doesn't that want to come? You can't just do this in one year. Yeah, I think the ultimate goal is if you have that spare dollar, right, to to try to put that away in a, a pre-tax retirement account and let that grow tax-free. Yeah, you have to pay taxes when you take it out, but um, there was uh, just a quick study done. If you put $1,000 in over seven years, if you're making 10% a year, you're going to double your money. And then yeah. over over 30 years- But that's, that, at, that's at 10%. Yeah. So you got to be pretty risky. You're going to be a little bit more. You're going to have a little bit more stock exposure yep. in there if you're going to capture ten percent. But if you're younger, you know you can withstand the ups and downs of the market. That's what you work with people. There's a lot of different factors. How old are you? Correct. What's your risk? You know, yes, yeah, so, I mean somebody who's who's later in their retirement years. You're not going to say, hey, we're going to get ten percent a year. You're going to double your money in seven years. Uh, I think we want to be a little bit more conservative with some of our estimates there, and it's going to be dependent on their risk tolerance and their financial plan. Um, but that same person who invested that 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 one thousand dollars, right? Over seven years, that turns into two thousand. Over thirty years, it turns into seventeen thousand. And yeah, that's that just that's, that's just putting your money in and letting it snowball, Sit. letting it grow over right. time, not adding to it. Correct. Which you should. So right. it just shows you putting that money away as soon as possible. 
you'll get you'll reach your goals a lot faster. Uh, the 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 best way, the ideal way, is to do this over time, and you're continually funding. Correct, this, right? Correct. And you know, pensions aren't gone entirely, are they? Not gone because some people still have them, but most employers do not offer pension plans. It's the four hundred one k, correct, or the Roth four hundred one k is another right. option. It's- yeah, Essentially, you're on your own when it comes to retirement. They're really planning. shifting that responsibility on their employees, and and even some of the the better pension plans that I've seen from uh, businesses out there have in the last two years have cut those. Um, and again, they're they're um, shifting. They're, you know, they're they're maybe taking away the pension or no longer continuing to fund that pension. You, know, you can still have that pension option as an employee. But they're going to say, hey, we're not going to contribute. Your pension isn't going to grow, um, but we'll give you a little bit more in your 401k now. Well, and that costs them money too, mm-hmm. right? So they're, they're, I mean, they're still helping you out, reach your retirement goals, oh, yeah, they're but they're shifting the burden onto you as well, the employee. Right. I, I bring this up in the last two months, maybe every week, and I do it for a reason because during COVID, we saw a lot of employers stop the match, Marie. Yep, and most of them are getting back to offering the match. That's where I was going with it. Yes. That, that most are back. Maybe not all, but all, most yeah. are back. Yes. So again, that's a that's a good thing. And if you, I don't know what your age is, but whenever you get a job, if they offer that benefit, a 401k plan, you why, why wouldn't you do it, yeah. right? Yep. Okay. Again, free money on the table. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> you did make taxes exciting. That was yeah. a good segment. Uh, Marie McFarland from the Coal Investment Group. Aaron, do you want to follow up before we break on any of that those tax nuggets? I um I I don't know about tax nuggets that I want to follow <laughs> up on, but there are a couple things though that I, I did want to make sure we we talk about today, and and I'm not sure if we have enough time here and uh, to hit on all of this, but one of the things is is going to be about rebalancing your portfolio. So it's not necessarily a, a tax thing; it can relate to taxes if you have your money in a non-retirement account. Uh, but I think importantly, it is to to take a look at your portfolio values. Uh, we just wrapped up. Right, the second quarter. So a lot of people may be getting that quarterly statement. The market has already, you know, as of last Monday, double digits uh, on the year. So it is important to take a look at your portfolio value, uh, take a look at your stock exposure, and maybe now is the time to to look at rebalancing your portfolio. Well, I think we'll we'll take that break, Aaron, then we'll dive yep. into that so we have time. By rebalancing a portfolio, you hear that term a lot. Yep. What does it really mean? Well, we'll get into specifics, but basically, you're kind of re, kind of sitting down and doing a review, making changes if necessary. Wasn't the last year and a half just crazy? I mean, there, we saw COVID hit and the markets tank, and then they not just rebounded, but they really rebounded. Yep, we saw a pretty strong recovery. Now it kind of seems we're. we're Continue to slowly move higher and higher and higher, um, and I think I had something here. If, if you had a, a 60% stock portfolio five years ago, okay, 60% stock, 40% bonds, and if you did not touch it, so you just let it sit in the market and let it go, that would be at about 72% stock, and what is that, 28% bonds. Oh, really? So you may be exposing yourself to a little bit more risk in your portfolio if you haven't done anything. Yeah. Granted, that excess stock exposure has probably helped out your performance. Yeah, I, I, I know we got a break. I got so many questions. All right. <laughs> Is it normal to rebalance as you age? So I'm not 30 anymore. I'm 55. I'm closer to retirement. I don't know when that is, Aaron. But is that a normal thing to say? I, I think it's it's important to keep it in mind as you're drawing income from your portfolio. 
right? Because if the market is going down and you have more stock exposure than you had thought you had, right? You've exposed yourself to more risk. You're taking income from your portfolio. That's that can really impact your 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 portfolio value. Uh, it can draw down on your assets a lot faster well, you than you had bargained 60, for. 40 earlier, 60 stocks, 40 bonds. Let's say I'm going along at 80, 20. I might want to rethink that as I get a little closer. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you definitely want to rethink that. I mean, if that's your targeted allocation, right? If your targeted allocation was 80% stock, then maybe right now you're at 85 because of market growth. Maybe now is the time to reset it to 80-20. What you're talking about might be a different conversation is, hey, are we in the right strategy yeah. given my age? Yeah, and you can, again, that's why you guys exist, right? We can always change things. Yeah. You can make changes along the way as you age and try to build that wealth. And that's what we talk about each week on the Retirement Clinic about Retirement, planning for your retirement with the Coal Investment Group, the retirement specialist, Marie McFarland and Aaron Spitzner are your hosts today. We'll take a quick break, both on WIBA and WISM, and then we'll come back and talk about rebalancing your portfolio. If you've got a question, the Coal Way. Dot com or call 262-522-4040. We'll be right back. Welcome back. The Retirement Clinic continues on WISN and WIBA. We are joined by Marie McFarland and Aaron Spitzner from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. I didn't ask too many questions, I hope, on rebalancing your portfolio because that's the topic in this segment. Yeah, it's it's a great topic. Uh Especially for right now, again, markets are you know double digits already this year. Um, if you look at the Nasdaq, the Dow, the S and P five hundred, um, and with markets at or near all time highs, uh, I think it's important to take a look at the port at your portfolio, uh, your retirement accounts, your four hundred one k, whatever it may be, um, and take a look at the allocation uh, and and consider what's called rebalancing the portfolio. So, what is rebalancing? It's basically uh, it's a very easy technique. Most people can do it by themselves. You, you're skimming those profits. You're taking profits uh, from your winners, and you're just redirecting it into the losers. And so, what does that really mean for most portfolios right now? Uh, given the markets, you know, the the stock market doing a lot better than the bond market, you're selling uh, some of your stock funds and you're buying your bond funds. So, as we mentioned before the break. Um, if you hadn't touched your portfolio over the last five years, um, your 60% stock, 40% bond portfolio is now looking more like 72% stock, 28% bond. Um, so it might be a good time to, to look at that portfolio, think, do I, do I want to have 72% in stock? Or should I go back to my more desired allocation of 60% stock, 40% bond? What's the general approach? Marie can chime in on this question because it's an overall question on rebalancing things in your portfolio. Do you, as needed, when you have to, like reactionary? Or do you sit down and it's like, okay, well, twice a year, once a year, we'll sit down and we'll review things? That's a great question. I would say as needed. Um, and that's something Aaron's, like Aaron has mentioned we do for our clients. So it's something that we take off the plate for our clients is they don't need to think about rebalancing, right? It's something we automatically do as a team based on what's going on. So that set it and forget it, that mentality, you don't forget about anything. Well, I would say that um, 
for the younger investor, uh, rebalancing isn't quite as important. Um, they may be able to let it go for a little while because if they're exposed to more stock exposure, um, they may be able to withstand that pullback in the markets. I still think it is important to, to review your allocation, to review you know maybe how much you have in international, how much you have in the U.S., things like that. But for somebody who is older and who is in retirement, if all of a sudden you have 70, 75% stock, you're drawing income from that portfolio, maybe you thought you were a 60% stock investor and now the market goes down, uh, that's a technical term for you guys, but that's like a double whammy to the portfolio, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you're taking money out and the portfolio's basically losing value, um, that can really hurt things. So we want to make sure that you're as close to your desired allocation is close to what you, you know, you don't want to be taking more risk than you bargained for. And for some people, it's some companies will rebalance every month. Some will be every quarter. Some are, um, maybe they just kind of played by ear and, and Hey, we think things are, you know, a little bit frothy in the market. Maybe we're going to take a little bit off the top and we're going to buy in the bonds. Um, so it really depends. Uh, again, as Marie mentioned, we will re kind of react or we really we make those rebalancing calls as we go. But you don't want to overreact either. No, last right. year would be a good example of right. that. And don't call rebalancing. <laughs> when, the, when the market's going down, don't call your changes rebalancing. That, that's, that's, a, not, that's something else. Yeah, you want to make sure you're, it's not because you're being emotional, emotional about what's going on in the market. You want to make sure it's strategic somewhat. Um, and so that's why I would say always rely on your us, your advisor, to make sure, does this make sense for your portfolio? Be smart about it. People mm -hmm. do tend to react, especially nowadays, when everything's in your face on your media. Your phone goes yeah. off. Everything seems to be breaking news. Yes. And then when you look at it, it's like clickbait. No, that's not. Yes. That's not breaking news. And back what, in March, you know, everything on the TV was red. Like this huge red banner, just yeah. every single thing that was going on. As so if the world was coming to an end. It well, prompts you to make maybe me. Not the smartest emotional decisions. But it, it so. can also take investors for a ride, too, and get them all worked up, right? Yes. And I'm sure you have plenty of calls during that time. When well, that's when we look at doing it the other way, right? So we're yep. talking about rebalancing and selling stock and buying bonds. Here, the other way around, you'd be selling bonds and buying stock when mm -hmm. things are cheap, right? When things are on sale, when nobody wants to invest in stocks, uh, that's the, really usually the time to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what we looked at doing for a lot of our clients back in April of last year, was selling bonds and buying stocks when they were cheap. Like you mentioned before the break, things really shot back and, and did really well in the, in the months following the COVID shutdowns. Um, and that worked out well for a lot of our clients. So it does work the other way too. But at this point now, we haven't had a, you know, a, a good, healthy, I'll use the word healthy, pullback in the markets now for what it's been Since really eight, eight, I don't know, 18 months or so. Yeah. I don't. It's been really good for a long time. Yeah. And now is that time to take a look at the portfolio and say, Hey, you know, maybe I have more risk in my portfolio than I bargained for. Maybe it's time to, to, um, sell the winners by into some of the losers. Yeah. Um, that, that's well said. Now, now we all know what rebalancing the portfolio and I liked your contribution, but Marie. There's one more thing. That when market tanks, you don't want to consider that. Yes. Okay. One more thing, though, is if you do have a taxable account, 
be careful of the the capital gains. So Marie yes. talked a little bit about taxes before. It's also be you know be careful that if you have a big embedded capital gain, now you're going to rebalance, sell something like an S and P 500 index fund. You may realize a big capital gain, and now comes tax time next February, next March, April, and you go, oh yeah, I do have to pay tax oh, on that. So oh, be careful that. with what you're doing uh, <laughs> yeah. when it comes to those those taxable. Another accounts. reason to work with an advisor. It yes. just really is. I mean, yep. again, unless you're well aware of that, and some people do their own planning, and they. They, maybe they do a great job at it, but maybe they've got an, an education in it. Uh, uh, but to do it alone and to go it alone is kind of, especially given a year that we just been through. Yeah, especially when it comes to taxes. I mean, think of all that's changed. I've only listed maybe three or four things that have yeah. changed this year, and that's every single year you have to keep up to date on what's going on. Well, and we had a new administration coming yes. too. So just all of these things happening in about the last year and a half. Uh, so we'll, what we'll do is come back. Marie's got some stuff for us. And then how do you reach out to the Kowal Investment Group? Okay, markets are closed Monday. Tomorrow's the 4th of July. We're all relaxing and having fun. But then it's back to business on Tuesday. You can check out thekowalway.com. And from there, the social media links to Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Uh, look for it all at thekowalway.com or call. 262-522-4040. We'll take a quick break here on WISN in Milwaukee. We're also on WIBA Madison. Every weekend, the Retirement Clinic. Marie McFarland and Aaron Spitzner today are your hosts, and we'll be right back. We are back with Marie McFarland, Aaron Spitzner, the Retirement Clinic in Madison and Milwaukee. We're on WISN and WIBA, not just on Saturdays, but the market reports are Monday through Friday. A reminder, markets, of course, closed on Monday for the 4th of July. This is the, th- for the 4th of July, it's actually the 5th of July, Monday. Most people are off on Monday, right? Am I correct? I think so, because it's observed. Most companies observe yeah. the 4th on Monday. Yeah, and the markets are closed. Of course, tomorrow is the 4th. Today's the 3rd, and we are doing a great show. Uh, we are off here. I should mention programming notes. We have special Independence Day programming. Good stuff from our Fox affiliate and some local in-house stuff. That's all on Monday throughout the day. And then back to normal stuff on on Tuesday. We talked about a lot today on the Retirement Clinic, Marie. Started with the taxes, and we're going to kind of circle back to some taxes. Yeah. So. And then, of course, we went to rebalancing your portfolio. And we're going to probably end with Bobby Bonilla Day. <laughs> the way it all started. Wait, we started with Bobby Bonilla Day. The way it all started. Yeah. <laughs> I think everybody's heard enough of Bobby Bonilla yeah. by now. <laughs> all right. At least we learned who he was. Yeah. I did. At least Aaron knew. Marie and I did not. Uh, some more tax nuggets to wrap up that Yeah, I have a couple... Yeah, a couple more tax nuggets. I think one year, it's a good one to know while you're going into celebration celebrations probably with your family. So I'll get to that. But I did want to share that the standard deduction increased um, for 2021. So last year, married filing jointly was 24800 That was the standard deduction for married filing jointly. It's increased for 2021. It's now 25100 And then, of course, each spouse age 65 or older also has a standard deduction in addition to the bigger chunk, 1350 So keep that in mind. Yeah, everything you mentioned with contributions is individually. Now, think if you and your spouse, which is would be great planning, both have a 401k, both max out, both take advantage of that match, you're really going to be good yes. as a household and yes. a family. That's 
pretty great and something I would love to talk about if people. Because <laughs> yeah. I think being able to put 19,005, especially if you're 50 or older, plus the 6,500 in your 401k, mm-hmm. each spouse, that's pretty significant. I, friends of ours, just some family members and friends I know where one will say, well, I've got the retirement plan. Um, and we don't take advantage of, you know, who are, I'm like, why not? I want to yes. pull them aside and go, you should. Yes. And if one person is the only one that has a retirement plan through your employer, there's still options for the spouse. You can do spousal IRA contributions, spousal Roth IRA contributions. So there are other um, avenues you can look at. Well, there's a lot of jobs if- that aren't offered a 401k. Correct. What you're saying is, Marie, don't make that stop you from retirement planning. Yes. You still need to have. There's other ways to plan. Yes. So my one um, kind of tax information to keep in mind while you're at your 4th of July events with your family is that the gift tax exclusion remains at 15000 per recipient. So kind of to repeat that and what it means is you can gift up to 15000 to a single person, so a single recipient, every year. And if you're married, it's if your spouse agrees, <laughs> you can gift 30000 to that recipient. So if you're feeling gracious while you're at your family event this weekend, Hint. know that you can... Grandpa and grandma, yeah. you're generous this year, right? Yes, you can gift 30000 per recipient, so to each child, grandchild, or any other person in 2021 without having to file a gift tax return. Again, that's 15000 single or 30000 married filing jointly. Sure. The other nugget I have is while you're at your um, family gatherings and if there are teenagers around or college students. Hey, let's talk taxes. Yes. As if there's sparkler (laughs) in one hand. Beer in the other, maybe. (laughs) I'm not sure. Probably. Um, But being able to have them, the little nugget to share is if they have earned income to be investing in a Roth IRA. So if they're 18 or older... They can open up a Roth IRA and invest any earned income up to that $6,000 limit. This is not through their employer. They don't need to be offered the benefit. Correct. They can just open up their own Roth IRA. Correct. And even if they are under 18, um, they can open up or you can open up as a parent or custodian, a custodial Roth IRA, and any earned income can be invested in the Roth IRA. Yeah, I can see that look on that 16-year-old's face. <laughs> oh, I don't make much to begin with. That's my my party money, whatever. Even it's if my they gas just, money. Exactly. But still, even if they just do $100, a $1,000, um, the thought of that Roth IRA, like we talked about before, the compounding interest and in that being invested and growing and assuming they're, let's say, 20 years old, 65 is most likely when they'll retire, so that's yeah. a, a lot of years for that to grow. Well, and Aaron, though, that 18-year-old may be going to college and headed off to college, and it may be tough to save. Maybe they have a summer job and can save a little. Not everybody goes to college, though. You know, so if you can, yeah, if you have skilled trades, that start saving. Or if they're a skilled trader... Like oh. nowadays, with oh, all the kids no. buying their, their uh, the meme stocks and the AMC and the GameStop and all that fun stuff, they may be able to to do more than just double that money. Not yes. that we're advising, right? Know, all all these kids with their Robin Hood apps and all that stuff, those GameStop you know, stories. At, hey. at the end of the day, it's a good thing. It gets everybody interested in it. And like Marie's talking about, then you have to look at using like the right vehicle, right? So if you use a Roth IRA, all those gains are going to be tax-free, Uh 
once they take that money out, once they're 59 Oh, I half, agree. Technology know, so. is a wonderful thing. That, Marie, though, I can go on an app on my iPhone, and I can trade. Is It's cool, technology, but I need to know what I'm doing. Yes, yes. yes. You, but, you need that education. Yes. So I would say just being able to have um, your grandkid or your child, just remind them a Roth IRA is a great avenue to ab- avoid paying taxes. In the future, you, know, you take money out tax free. Well, and every year, these not every year, but a lot of changes this year, as were evident by the show today in 2021, compared to last year, uh, those tax law changes and talked about rebalancing your portfolio as we wrap up today's show. If you want to reach out, you've got one phone number for all the locations. Yep. And Aaron, as we said, you are uh, four days out of the week in Racine. That's right. Yeah. And Marie's always in the World Headquarters in Waukesha. Correct. <laughs> the Kowal Investment Group in Waukesha, Port Washington, up in Ozaki County, Phoenix, Arizona. And, of course, that Racine location at Highway uh, 20. That's right off the freeway. 262-522-4040 is your number. 262-522-4040. Or the Kowalway.com, also on LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter. And, of course, we're on again next week. Have a happy 4th. Marie, I know you're like doing family stuff. Yes. Barbecuing and fireworks. Be careful. Don't like, you know, blow off your hand. <laughs> that won't be me. You too. You strike me as a fireworks kind of guy. You know, I was thinking about that. If it's, if it's, if my kids are too young to introduce them to fireworks yet, or if I should maybe hold off for a couple of years. And... Uh, you have to get those snap things that you throw. Yeah, we start slow with yeah. the little things. We tried that. And last, last week we tried like the snake things you start, oh, yeah, you know, and they cool. kind of grow. It, it's not really fun but it was when we were three yeah that's my <laughs> age of my kids and i'm going okay you can't really hurt yourself with these yet but no. i think i'll hold off on maybe a few more years until yeah. i introduce well, them and well, let way. them see me burn myself you know yeah. Uh, yeah there's dad on fire everybody be safe have a safe fourth of july that's how we'll end the program uh thanks you guys great show today thank you uh, thank you appreciate it and of course the retirement clinic each week on wisn and wiba back next week and have a great fourth everybody on News Talk 1130 WISM Milwaukee and WIBA in Madison.